Looking for a way to level up your coaching and win more? Get better fast with GMS Plus. GMS Plus is your on-demand source for the best, most proven volleyball courses, drills, stats, videos, tips, and much more. Learn from some of the game's winningest coaches and players, including Heather Olmsted, Keegan Cook, John Spraw, Mike Wall, and Courtney Thompson. I've learned a great deal from Gold Medal Squared, as have many of our guests. Whether you're trying to win a state championship or an Olympic gold medal, GMS Plus will help you get there. And we have a Coach Your Brains Out code for listeners. To get 20% off an annual subscription, go to goldmedalsquared.com slash CYBO and enter the code CYBO. That's goldmedalsquared.com slash CYBO. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. All right, I'm Billy Allen, and I have the privilege of talking to some great coaches today. Uh, let's start with introductions. Can you introduce yourself and what teams do you coach? Yeah, Joe Trinzi, and uh, kind of consultant coach all over. Recently, Most recently, I was an assistant coach with the Canadian men's indoor national team. Uh, Kirk Pittman, uh, currently coaching um, in Senior Tillman and Svenja Muller in Germany, the number one German women's beach volleyball team. And I'm John Mayer, I'm Billy Allen's life coach, also coach uh, LMU. It's a hard job. Yeah, it's been taxing. <laughs> uh, so our topic today is practice planning. And I guess to start, what does practice planning look like? When do you do it? How long does it take? What tools do you use to record it? Kind of some of those details. Joe, could we start with you? Yeah, the way that I, I look at planning practice is kind of with the principle of begin and the end in mind. So how I like to start with is what's your post-match debrief going to be like? And that could be different at different levels and different ability, uh, different experience levels, et cetera, et cetera. But when we play a competition, and then when we review that, okay, hey, we're going to bring the, whether it's just coaches or our whole team is going to be in there. What are we going to be talking about that we wanted to do well if we win this competition, if we win this tournament? What is it going to look like at the end? What are the key things that we need to do? So, I mean, obviously in volleyball, we talked about winning the serve pass battle, talked about the ability to side add off the first ball, talked about the ability to win the transition points. So I like to start with that and then working backwards from, okay, then if we want to win those phases, what do we need to have in play and practice? And then, then from there, you get down to the uh, individual sort of logistical challenges that every team has. You know, when you have a national team, your, your limits are the bodies of your players. They're big athletes. They're explosive. None of them are hundred percent healthy. So you're looking at the physical management of your players, given the fact that they could, train five to six hours a day, most likely if, if you, if they could last that long. And then on the flip side of that is you have like a middle school team or some high schoolers and your constraints are your gym time. Maybe you only have 90 minutes, three times a week. Maybe you only have two hours, two times a week. Okay. So then it's given what we're working towards, what can we fit into our practice time? And then how long do we have in order to do that? Are we playing this week? Are we playing next month? And go from there. Cool. And Kirk, can you take us through some of your thoughts when you plan practice? Yeah. Um, 
So I, I guess when I first started out, I was a lot more regimented and a lot more this time um, for this amount and, and probably the level of detail um, that I used to put in um, was a lot less. And, and I, and I kind of started searching out a little bit more around some evidence and form, some, some more research, some more papers. And I come across a guy, um, Dr. Bob Muir, who's from Leeds in um in england um in 2012 he brought out a paper around session design a little bit more around development space i think if i can remember rightly um but what i took away from it was a little bit more of a framework which maybe it's just helped me enable me to kind of cover the areas um that i want to be covering from my lens and my lens is a more of a ecological dynamic kind of lens there I see things through so how can I capture some of these interactions with my athletes um and you know what kind of constraints am I going to kind of put around and through the kind of training so it kind of comes down to the first one it's kind of four four areas is the the, the objectives um so the second one is um around the coach behaviors would be so how i would behave uh, how i'd want to behave in certain areas or or whether it was more of an upbeat trying to get them really confident uh, more of a maintenance practice than than learning or was it really around questions so i would go quite deep into maybe trying to trying to have some of the objectives and create some of the questions in my head and kind of put them on paper and maybe Try and figure out a little bit what they, knowing the athlete, what they might kind of come back with. Um, and then it'll go into like the the player engagement. Um, I like to design things a lot with, with the athlete and being in the center of it. So how I might approach that, whether it was um, maybe talking to them the night before because they take time to process, process that kind of information or... Um, maybe it was even just right before, or maybe there's no, no, you know, it was all about, I'm just going to create a problem and see how they kind of go with it. So, and then the the third, uh, the fourth one uh, would be around just purely like the structure of the session, how I want to structure it. Um, so those kind of, I guess, ticking off all four of those boxes just kind of helped me get what was in my head of what I wanted to achieve within the session help me um, kind of provide some of the situations and some of the challenges that they were going to go through and navigate and maybe put a little bit more detail than just, hey, we're going to do this drill here because I think it's a good drill that I'm kind of considering a little bit more of all this stuff. And and this, for me, the, the piece at the end was just a simple kind of grow model where you're kind of reflecting so you kind of know what goals you want, what actually really happened, some ideas around um, – you know, what we could do next and then choosing what I would do next. And that's how I'd kind of flow through and try and revisit some of um, the last sessions and where we're at. And and I think I got a lot more um, relaxed through my sessions and started to have multiple uh, ways that I could kind of go and allow myself space through the session to pick and choose and kind of maybe use more of the the craft or the art of coaching to to make that choice with the session so if i had small games 
some small games for for whatever reason, it's kind of getting a bit of a feel and and trying to trust my instincts or my gut a little bit more as I was kind of going through the session as well. When I I listen to Joe and Kirk, I'm always and, and good coaches like you guys. Man, I should be have such a better system. Like if you guys have such great systems and organize so so well, I'm like. Uh, I don't know what do i do <laughs> it's kind of like you just get in the rhythms and you just i guess you do what you do so for me i think i definitely use the triangle that joe joe talked about you know being aware of the the parts of the game and taking those into account uh but i think important to start out by just observing who we are and, and what we have and what like what kirk was saying then then that's going to identify where we go from there like what sort of constraints what sort of problems we're going to challenge the athletes with and then I feel like I've got kind of like what Kirk was saying too, I've gone from maybe more structured, like here's a overall blueprint to more day to day. And even I've gotten more comfortable within practice to be more adaptable. Like, oh, what if I added this tweak or, or changed it this way, you know, it would make it better versus like, oh, I spent all this time writing this drill and they're not doing it right. we got to keep pounding, you know, pounding away and they got to learn how to do the drill I created right. So uh, definitely evolving and, and trying to figure out how to be better in this area. Uh, let's let's dive into the idea of uh, improvising in practice. Um, if you guys are like make, mixing stuff up, what's an example of why you would do that? And I guess how you'd go off your pl practice plan. John, can you start? Yeah, well, I think one, just giving yourself the, like I was saying, the green light to be open to that and to be okay with that and to be okay with because a lot of times now i'll do games that i haven't done before you know maybe you know a lot of it's similar it's like it's going to be pass at hit but there's a different sort of variable so i guess it starts with just observing and seeing like is is this the appropriate challenge point is it too easy is it too hard is it is it driving their attention to what we we're you know we wanted to work on transition and we're getting like no transition opportunities so if you have that you had that intention and in the way you crafted the activity and it's not necessarily going that way then it's i think understanding the other triangle the constraints lot approach triangle like okay well well if i change the size of the court or if we you know added this this bonus or this you know put their attention in this area you know it allow them to get more opportunities for transition opportunities so i think it yeah a little bit of observation and then being open to to adapting is, is what i try to do more of Anybody else thoughts on, I guess, changing it up at practice? Yeah, um, for me, um, sometimes it, on paper and like I'll sometimes spend over an hour um, just kind of thinking around how I'm going to do the session. I think. Um, so sometimes on paper and the way you feel like it's going to work it doesn't always kind of work out that way. And so I think having that flexibility around where you could kind of go just like um, – what John was saying there, the challenge point, I think is definitely a space, you know, it's just far too complicated right now for that day or um, for me when I'm out on the sand, you know, if the, the environment starts to whip up and there's a lot of wind uh, and certain things, then it can kind of really change what you think you want to do technically in the session. It's just a lit, actually, it's just wind volleyball here and I, and I have to be kind of switching it up because if we're concentrating on the technique, it's probably a little bit more difficult to uh, to get what we want out of the session. Yeah, that's a big one. I feel like I've, I've created, sorry, Joe, to go, to go to you next. I've created a lot of practices 
you know, thinking, oh, we're going to serve one person or we're going to work on this specific skill, uh, you know, running maybe a more creative offense. We're going to move around a bunch. And then I forget to check the wind report and we show up and it's like 20 mile per hour wind, wind. And there's no way you can serve one person and running like some sort of creative offense wouldn't make any sense. So the, I think the constraints of beach volleyball force you to be adaptable. And I think even then, like as a beginning coach, like, well, this is what I planned. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to, we're going to try it. Like, we'll figure it out. Uh, or now I feel like I've gotten better at, at, okay, well, okay. Obviously let's take advantage of this, this, like the win today and let's figure out how we can set up a practice. That's going to allow them to explore being successful in it. So yeah, the beach so really forces you to be adaptable. You don't scrap practice if it's windy and just get lunch. <laughs> only only when it's with you yeah with the pros yeah, all right. the college kids need reps you know joe are you i'm curious joe what do you are, do you stay true to what you designed are you more flexible do you, do you leave that that opening of like you know potentially making changes to what you created I just write the practice perfectly the first time so i <laughs> i never dealt with the situation that's what i figured joe the computer now, you, you know what? Um, I think that I, I do the same, I would say kind of like the same flows and pieces uh, so often. And I think kind of Kirk mentioned it's one thing that I, I typed down as he was talking was like, I try to spend a lot more time thinking about how I'm going to, for lack of a better term, like teach the material than I do about what it is. Um, meaning like the, the drills themselves aren't, aren't super critical. I try to use like just a lot of simple drills and then what I try to spend the most time is what the player needs to learn or what they can best benefit. And then ideally that's already been collaborated with the player. And then I think just the fallback is a, you know, you have your two, three, four, I don't even want to say like drills because sometimes it's like you have a couple of drills that piece together. Like if we do this, then we do this, then we do this. Like I know like I can get a good practice out of that anytime. So to me, it's like, ah, it's not working. Okay. Let's go to the old, old, let's go to the old reliable. And like you said, like when conditions change or, uh, I mean, condition, you know, like you said, they can train that approach. So it could be the environment or it could be the player. Like the player doesn't have their legs today. The player doesn't have this or, or that. So, okay. So what can we, what can we get out of it? And I think like the main thing is, uh, just when you are trying to learn something new, like kind of qualitatively new. So like difference in kind, not just different, uh, difference in degree. Like, I think when you're just, okay, we're trying to get half a tenth of a percent better at serving today. I think like some of that's just the grind that you have to push through, but it's like, okay, we're trying to um, change um, a change in kind, not just a change in degree, but a change in how we're going to defend this shot, a, turn, a chain. We're going to try to add a new piece to the offense. I think the conditions have to be correct for that to happen. Like, I don't think you can grind through learning something new. So those would be the practices that I would go away from. If it's more of like, hey, we just got to push through some skills and we also got to push through some of the just the physical repetition, I would be open to pushing through that. But if it's something new to be introduced, then I want it to be at the right time with the athlete and the conditions all working together. That makes sense. I, I was curious. I, I think I used the word drill and Joe, you said drill. And I know I've tried to go away from, I'll say like activity or game more often and try to use that. Do you, do you think that matters? Is that just like dumb semantics or, or, you know, I don't know, I think of like a team culture, like. I try to talk about LMU, like we, we play games, we do activities, like we're not drilling or, or should it, is, is it a drill? Like, does that, does that matter? I think coaches care about that stuff more than players. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
So do you guys have specific practice focuses? Uh, like you're, this is what we're working on today. And then I guess if so, how do you organize around that or weave that in throughout the whole practice? Uh, Kirk, we start with you. Um, yeah, I think, um, actually I, I can speak now with the team who we're on an Olympic campaign. Now, um, we like, I use statistics to, to kind of maybe just start to put some, some kind of some facts down a little bit to kind of go with my coach's eye and then have a conversation or maybe start a conversation with the athletes around different areas and things that we want to work on. So I think that kind of instigates a little bit around with what we want to work on. And then it's kind of trying to design stuff <clears throat> together with, with the athletes um, and then reflect a little bit more together as well. So I, I guess I, 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 it kind of floats around a little bit. I have a little bit more flexibility around that. I, but I do like, if we are going to work on something for me, I'd like really say, hey, do we, do we want to do this? Do we think it's going to like, is this the gap? This is where we're going to make the gains. You know, how much time are we going to stick this? Uh, so that's kind of where I feel my, my job is. Hey, we agreed to this. We're going to stick at it. Um, so then how I then put it within sessions or days. Um, I'm kind of in a space now where probably... Well, the last couple of days, I'll just go good and then it looks good for like four or five days and maybe you're touching on it every day. But I feel like probably the more effective way is some going away from it. Um, so within a week, you might touch on it three or four times so that you can really get a true understanding whether it has kind of gone completely and stuck instead of maybe just floating there and then you get to a tournament, a performance when it might not actually kind of happen. Mm. And then Joe, I think in your recent articles about like first week of practice, second week of practice, third week, you kind of have like the idea of like cycling through maybe learning certain. Can you talk about that? And I guess, yeah, do your practices organize around like one specific skill focus? I think it's just the way that I organize things. I find it easier to modify an existing plan than to work it up. So a lot of times I like plan the whole season out, like every practice I plan the whole season out. But then obviously like you're changing that plan all the time. I just find it like faster. I really, I try to spend as little time during this season, like debating which specific drill I'm going to do. Cause I find that can just be a huge time suck. Uh, do we want to do six before four? Do we want to do four before three? You know, like you, sometimes I've been in coaching meetings where that can, you can spend 45 minutes debating on that. And like I said, sometimes the athletes care about that stuff, I think, less than we think as coaches. It doesn't mean that job is not important because you got to get the programming right. I think it's the teaching that is important. So in terms of the emphasis, um, I think by definition, you can only emphasize one thing, right? I mean, maybe okay, uh, people can have their mind on offense and defense or your defender can have uh, one emphasis and your blocker can have another emphasis. Okay, so I, like there could be more than one. But I think by definition, you can only emphasize things. So what I try to do is uh, and when you have a professional team, I think you can truly have like maintenance sections of practice and emphasis section of practice. So clearly, you know, we got to hit some of the major phases. We've got to hit some of the major movements. I think some of that stuff, as you get higher levels, it needs to be maintained, like serving and passing. I'm surprised sometimes, you know, when I was with national team, for example, like on Monday, our passing is always bad on Monday. Um, you know, just the two days off. 
and then they come back instead of just kind of every day. So, you know, you want to sharpen some of those things up. But in terms of like a teaching point, I, I really like to have one major teaching point that connects everybody on the team. Hey, today's we're going to be better at transition at the end of the day. At the very least, we're going to understand the mistakes that we're making and we're going to understand the good place that we're making better. And then I think it's kind of up to the athletes how quickly they process it. But I think a lot of our, our, cause it's all, it's almost like the athlete's body is what needs to learn it. You know what I mean? We as coaches understand a lot of this stuff. It doesn't mean that we can do it as well as the very elite athletes, you know, maybe a couple of you guys, but certainly not me. Um, but I think what we can do as coaches is to help them understand. So that's kind of the spotlight, right? Like where is the athletes, where is their attention being directed towards where, what's their spotlight on? So I think just by definition, the spotlight can't be on everything. So I do like to have a primary emphasis, but then with kind of the programming aspect, I want to make sure that the other phases of the game, the physical movements, the touch on the ball is being maintained. It, it seems like with, with maybe skill building, you know, we know from maybe contextual interference or like blocked random reps, you know, changing like interleaving reps, you know, going from not just passing 10 in a row, but, you know, changing the, the skill you're working on leads to better le learning results. What about in terms of practice planning? I know sometimes it's, it's been appealing for me, like, well, let's focus on transition three days in a row so we can build off days or let's, you know, have this progression in practice where it's, you know, building transition where versus, I guess, maybe taking that skill acquisition concept to this broader macro idea of like, well, within practice, let's change, like if transition is the focus, let's do transition to start, but then let's go to you know, focusing on uh, serve receive, and then let's go back to transition, and and then and same within like the week to kind of plug and play. Do you think that applies there, or am I off? Uh, I I I think kind of exactly in a lot of ways what you're saying. It's actually I was this um, year working uh, with the club program and run a couple of sessions for them and can, uh, advising some coaches on that, and I ran a couple of sessions in a row that had to do a little bit more like in-system type stuff and it's going well. Well, everybody always thinks in-system stuff goes well, right? It's the fun, it's the most fun to work on. Okay. Oh yeah. We're really doing well. Yeah. The bowls. Yeah. yeah. The bowls, we dominate those bowls. Yeah. Um, but um, you, you know, and then it was like, okay, should we do that for a third day? And I was like, no, that's why you need to cycle it. So I do think that you need to cycle it the way I, I almost like to envision it is I'd love it if we could almost have, um, kind of a, a whole what's our stack what's our team playing stack like what what's all the things that we have in there like uh, and you're introducing some new things so some of it's like what are we trying to get in place what do we want to have in place by the end of the year and sometimes you get midway through the season and you're going to take some things out of the stack to sharpen up but i would like it if we can kind of have a two to three four week uh kind of, I don't know, mini cycle where we hit everything in the stack, you know, so you're cycling through. So you could have something where it's the emphasis two days in a row. Um, although I find with professional teams, when I've done that, I am less likely to do two emphasis days in a row. I've done that more with um, teams that were more being introduced to that concept. Whereas I, because I help, I, I think that helps build the confidence. So if you have a team that 
for example, you're trying to get an offensive concept in place and you do it on the one day, a lot of times you come back and they're more successful on the next day, right? Clearly, okay, it's less time, they're coming back. And then when they see that progress, that helps them often gain, oh, wow, okay, it actually turns out if we practice this stuff, we get better at it. Um, whereas by the time I find that players are professionals, especially if you have a good relationship with them, they trust that a little bit more. So you can sometimes cycle through things faster. And it might sound weird, but I've often, maybe it won't sound weird to you guys because you've been at this level, but before I got to this level, I'd assume sort of professional, you have all the training time you need. And while that's true on a day-to-day, Sometimes it's like you only have one week before competition, you know, like the, the time frames feel compressed sometimes where it's like, oh, they're 15 years old. You got the whole year to learn this stuff. And, you know, it's, you, you know, the professionals, because so with ranking points and everything, so many things matter. So I find that the training cycles need to be a little more compressed and you need to cycle through things quicker. Let's, let's dive into practice. Um, I guess. We'll talk about structure and stuff, but to start, can you just take us through like the first first 15 or so minutes when your athletes show up to practice? Uh, what are they doing? What does it look like, John? First 15 minutes. Well, we we start every day with well, I guess you know setting stuff up. And we do we don't do I think sometimes common in college is like hierarchical, like the freshmen do it, but just kind of all hands on deck, coaches, players, we're all just trying to get everything ready. And then we start out with, we, we alternate between two different mindfulness practices, which like probably five to 10 years ago, I would have said, you're wasting your time. You should be playing volleyball to get better at volleyball. And now I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and doing this stuff. But I think it's more than a fad. I think there's something real here, you know, training your mind, getting your mind ready, especially the players have talked about just separating all the things from school, the stress from life and being able to spend five minutes focusing on their breath, doing some visualization practicing gratitude allows them to get clear just on the intention on their mission for the day. So we'll spend about five minutes doing that. And then I, I try to do the, as little as possible in terms of body warm up. and the players keep pushing, asking for more, but if I can do, we'll do like two minutes of some sort of tag game or dodgeball or something fun that gets them moving. We'll do quarterbacks, receivers, and just to get them moving. And then from there, we try to go over the net, just some sort of over the net pepper, We've been doing a little bit more since and Billy will have Wolfgang Schulhorn I interviewed recently. He'll be coming on the podcast Been doing a little bit more of this, like some differential learning in the warmup. So stuff, we'll pick a skill like serve, receive and have them, have them choose five different ways to try to pass the ball. You know, like you have to use your platform, but five different ways to try to pass it accurately. So, you know, they'll go off one foot, they'll do a spin and pass it, like see how creative you can be. I think some of the idea of that is my understanding is that there's even like a, almost like a meditation uh, practice there where it opens up some brain waves, like gets rid of the judgment and just kind of opens you up for some learning, hopefully building some skill too. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of a, a little sense of it. Kirk, what about you? How do you, how did your practices start? Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I think one of the, one of the spaces that I've been in is going into different cultures and, and kind of, um, kind of understanding what their kind of background and what they've done previously and what they do do. And then I have, I have my kind of philosophy. Um, so trying to shift it, but where I'm at currently with the, with, with in the German space, um, there was definitely a lot of focus. And, and if I take my philosophy there, just kind of sitting down and again, kind of visualizing what and thinking about things that they're going to um, be kind of, 
delivering on today and getting themselves mentally prepared. Um, and then while they're doing that, they're going through their their kind of exercises that they do before they get prepared for for training. And then the structural bit for me that I'm pretty big on is just maybe taking care of the shoulders. That's kind of been a big thing for me just because of probably and, and the team that I have currently now, there's been a few shoulder issues. So I want to kind of put something in where we just know that this kind of works and making sure that we're warming them up properly and that there's a kind of a, a little bit of a technical element as well, as much as they're still standing on the ground, but just more awareness of where their elbow's going so we can kind of work it together, warm it up, and then kind of get things going. Um, and then I, I like to kind of start with uh, lots of touches and kind of get into it and, and movement where maybe it has some kind of correlation to what we want to be achieving um, throughout the session and, and maybe started on a little bit of a, I hate to say the word fun, but a little bit more of a, a note where we can kind of start the training off that it's not just this gentle kind of um, go there. We can, can get competitive, put a score on it, uh, but it's a little bit, yeah, it's maybe not the norm. Mm. And then Joe, can you take us through yours? And I guess, does it differ for juniors versus national team? I'll start by telling my idealized, which I think I, I've never been able to fully get in, into place. But if I kind of have the ideal where you have control over every element and you can kind of get exactly what you need, I would, I would love to actually start with an actually like a long body warm-up that merged into a um, fairly high intensity, but low volume, uh, for lack of a better term, strength training. Uh, I would call maybe just call it gross movement pattern training. So to me, that's, I would love to see every uh, program that has a strength and conditioning coach have that coach be at practice and have everything be done on the surface as much as possible, except where not appropriate. But I would love, in my ideal world, I would love to see like a blend between we're building these sort of gross motor patterns, these kind of uh, big things, how we move our body around the court. Like Kirk said, we need robust shoulders, we need robust knees, we need robust ankles, we need back and core to be in place. So I'd love to like kind of start with that. And then um, I'd actually then love to have like a classroom session that would be like 15 minutes or less. Um, that, would, that, all, that would ideally have been preceded by like a two to three minute video that they would watch beforehand. And then kind of, okay, let's almost kind of Q&A. Okay, let's watch the clip again. Might not even need 15 full minutes, might be only like 10 full minutes. But um, okay, kind of a little kind of mini classroom session kind of right there on the surface, just kind of whether you're sitting on a yoga mat or just kneeling in the sand right there. Okay, let's go over, let's talk about, hey, what is this, a chance for me to quiz them a little bit. Okay, did you, when you watch this piece, what, what stood out to you? What does this term mean? Um, kind of hit back and forth on that. And then uh, everybody in the training session kind of give a statement of intent. Hey, what's one thing I'm going to get better at today? And what's one thing I'm going to do to help the practice session go well, like kind of serve others in the practice session. And then, uh, then you get to it, working through, uh, I love the sort of, for lack of a better term, mini games, fun games, uh, di di differential training. Like we can sort of almost use that as kind of the, uh, I don't know, scientific uh, excuse to just uh, let some of these athletes have fun and do some random stuff, do some, do some cool stuff like that, um, which I think players like, players enjoy, but it's, but it's short. Um, and then you move into more individual based uh, kind of skill building. And then you move to the, the team connection. And I, I, in an ideal world for me, I've been trying more and more 
to have a clear delineation between when you're working on yourself and when you're working for your team. Okay. When you're working on improving your body and your movements. Okay. Not that we want to have, <laughs> I, I say, I say you have an internal focus, even though when we're queuing, we have an external focus. Okay. We know that, but you're thinking about yourself, how I can move better, how I can spike the ball better, how I can pass the ball with better touch. And then at some point I want to have a clear delineation in training where now we're not thinking about ourselves anymore. All we're thinking about is how to make the, the touch better for my teammate. All I'm thinking about is how I can help my team win, my teammate win, how I can help my teammate be more successful. And um, I don't know if I've ever run a training session that was ever had all of those elements exactly lined up as I'd love to do perfectly because you have your limitations of your environment, your staff, your time, how many people you have, uh, all your learning pieces. And just every you know, every team, it feels like needs to start a little bit differently. Even like when you're talking about a junior session, it, it's a different start to practice, whether you're kind of the first wave of practices for that afternoon or evening, or you're coming on after somebody. Like when you're coming on first, I like to open that up real gradual to sort of kind of open tutoring sessions. Because you can say practice starts at 5.30 for kids, but if mom doesn't get off work till 5.15, Kid might not get there until 10 minutes later. And then what are you going to do? Not let them play, you know? So it's like, so I like to have that kind of almost be more of a, with the kids like that, or an open session. Okay. I'm going to be there at X amount of time. If you can get there early, cool. We can start, we can work on whatever you want to work on. I, I love to, Hey, Hey, do you want to work more on passing? Do you want to work more on hitting? And you kind of just blend it in like that. So it just, you got enough kids. Now I can step out and just start entering balls and then it can start going. Whereas when it's um, maybe you have the second wave, so you're waiting for people to get off the court before you can get on the court. Um, then I like to almost start with if there's some body warm up we can do off to the side. There's a classroom session we can do off to the side. And then we're kind of starting on fast because it's like trying to set that tone. Okay, we're coming on, we're getting going, getting the energy going right away. And then I might use the end of the practice for more of that kind of one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Hey, what do you want to get a few extra reps on type stuff? So really just, I think you gotta, you have your idealized version and then you gotta just deal with the logistics that are actually in front of you. Joe, Joe you've been talking about and pushing me in the, the weight room stuff and especially in the college level for us. And I think for like the traditional way is it's so separated where it's like, you see this kind of strength, traditional strength and conditioning program and you watch and you go, are we getting better at volleyball? Is any of this helping us in volleyball? Uh, you know, maybe we're getting some general strength, which obviously helps, you know, our, our capacity to move and, and stay healthy, but it feels very separated and you've been kind of pushing to, to integrate it. And for this actually up, upcoming semester, I finally got it where we're going to do something more similar. And I think it's become more common. People are calling it micro dosing where instead of going three days a week for an hour, we're going to go five days a week for a half hour. And it's going to be right before practice. Like we'll do, we're going to do three days in the weight room. We go from the weight room to practice and then three, two days on the sand from the sand and the sand one, I think will be really integrated, right? There's balls and aqua bags and med balls and maybe a combination of skill and, and strength. So I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm ex excited to take that on and could just see how then how primed you'd be for practice, like to be like physically, mentally just going in and then maximizing it.